being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. Okay, we're back. And I'm just going to go right to the phone, Steve. Steve was holding on, and he's been holding on for quite a while, and then we talked for a little bit, and then he had to put him on break again. So, Steve, I appreciate it. Oh, that's fine. You had another yeah, I question. Ask your gentleman, I was going to ask your gentleman legacy. Uh, about four years ago, darling daughter was attending the red tiled roof of Deception and Propaganda up there, and she calls me up, 08 Jetta, mm-hmm. and she goes, Dad, it is not transmission. Something's wrong with it. So I said, just take a AAA to tow it to a good AAA shop. Anyway, they came back. It, it was an eight thousand dollar car when she bought it, and they want ten grand for transmission. And I said, "Whoa!" And so I had to tow it down here and got done for for four. Mm-hmm. Does that sound in any way reasonable to you? Ten grand for a '08 Jetta transmission for an automatic or manual? It's an automatic. Seems a little steep. I'd say about in Boulder, probably seven five <laughs> So, but yeah, it's still seems a little on the steep side there. That car's been the worst car ever. I wasn't uh-huh. involved in it. Uh, baby mama got involved in it, and, and the daughter. I, I would never buy a jet again. It's got a Christmas tree of warning lights, as you know, right. and you got to look them all up, and it's just like nuts on that car. But Just me. Anyway, thank you, gentlemen. I always appreciate your insights. Thank all right. you. Thank you. All right, you're listening to Drive Radio. Um, I want to let you know that the phone number for us to give us a call and ask any questions you got 303-477-5600. We have three lines open. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, John's off this week, so taking a break. So uh, I'm Dennis. I used to formerly own Extreme Auto Repair and Parker and First Class Towing, so we can answer any questions. And we got Josh here from Legacy who does auto repair and used cars Used cars now, which is really cool. We used to do used cars too, and, and, and that's a different world. It is, is it? a different world. Yeah. But it's good to have because sometimes the customers come in and they say, you know, I really just don't want to fix this car if it's going to cost that much. And I'm done with it. And, and it's a good time for us to fix up a car that could be for a teenager. Exactly. That's just learning how to drive. Or, I don't know what your, your dollar amounts that you're starting to go with. Um, and, and do you do financing there or they're just pay and go? We can do financing. Oh, you yeah. can? Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. We got lucky on, on that because it's uh-huh. hard sometimes to get finance okay. right away when you start out. But, yeah, we can finance just about anybody but you know you got to have the right car to go with it too. right yeah and i used to kind of keep them under the five grand so i can just because i didn't do the financing so much right and it's hard for us to, anymore the way the market is to be at that around that five grand mark we're more 10 grand anymore. yeah i used to get them from our toe side um a lot and we'd just fix up the little ones and and the bigger ones i would just wholesale Nice. Yeah. Didn't want to have to deal with the financing. <laughs> yeah, so. the yeah. we got Joe from Loveland calling in, so let's go ahead and take him. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, there you are. 
got a couple of questions for you. I know this isn't straight up your wheelhouse, but uh, I've in I've inherited an old forklift. It is a heister with a diesel engine in it. Mm-hmm. And what I need to find out from you guys, I have no idea how long this particular piece of equipment may have set. It could be it could be a year. It could be ten years. Um, some of the telltale signs I see, I don't think it has set terribly long, maybe in the one to two year range. It's got a Isuzu diesel engine in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have got a lot of mechanical knowledge, but most of it lies within the uh, gasoline. It's a 1992, three, somewhere in that range. Um, for me to start that thing up, I've always squirted oil in cylinders and done all the preparatory things for a gasoline engine, but I'm, I'm just not terribly versed where diesel is concerned. So I was hoping you guys could just give me some pointers and say definitely do this, so on and so forth. So Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, what's the o- condition of the oil and the condition of fuel like on it? The fuel looks great. Okay. Um, it, it, it's, it's not gelled. It doesn't. I understand that. Uh, it was in news to me, but uh, apparently you can get algae growing mm-hmm. in yes. uh, yeah. diesel. Yeah, diesel still alive, yeah. Yeah, so I it, the, the fuel looks looks very good. It does have a canister uh, spin-off fuel Filt- filter okay. that I'm take off change and and obviously oil filter. The oil the oil looks fine. If you're asking, does it have any? Is it milky or anything like that? Right. No, and I don't think ask it's bad or at least not at this stage. Uh, I don't think there's any of those problems. It, it's not pretty clean. Uh, oil, but mm. at the same time, it is full dipstick, and it does have oil in it. I'm going to change that before I even think about starting it. And will it crank over at all, or does it? Not at even... this particular juncture, that I do not know. That would be the first thing I would try. Yeah, I'm not going to sit and crank for a long time trying to start it. I just want to see if it's going to move. Right, just to make sure if it's going it to move does. freely. You know, I would find yeah. a way to turn that engine over before it fires. Right. Just to get the pump, some yeah. oil into the pump if it hasn't ran for a long period of time. Do you know when the last time it has ran? No, I have not a clue. Okay. I couldn't say. It's conjecture on my part. I mean, right down to saying, okay, there was only one uh, wasp nest mm-hmm. on the darn thing. So I think. Well, maybe it hasn't set that long. <laughs> Using those indicators, um, I, I just I just don't know. It's only got about uh, eight hundred hours on it, okay. so it's not that many. Not that many, yeah. It might be okay. Yeah, you don't know. I, the might, only way to find it, out is to fire it up. Yeah, and and for me, if it was mine, I would you know I would probably try and find where the fuel line comes off the fuel filter, so where it's coming into it, and maybe put it get a okay. can of diesel and pull the diesel out of there. Put a new filter in it. I don't usually like to fill the oil filter, or not, I'm sorry, the fuel filter with clean diesel, but I would fill fuel that filter up so that you know you got fuel right away. And then it's probably got a mechanical pump with some way of priming the system somewhere on it. I don't, I'd have to see which Isuzu wow. it is, but usually you have, you know, your whole injection pump and it sits on the side of the block. And so take a look there and mm-hmm. usually there's some sort of a, a pump handle right. or a mechanism that you pump on 
it's probably like a lot, I think this one's probably like a lot of Yamars that I've worked on, where there's a pump mechanism right there. And and it's usually a plastic top. It is. It has yeah. a plastic top. It It'll doesn't be red or yellow. And it, yeah, and it'll say pump or something like that yeah. on it, and it looks different than the rest of the what we call the injection pump. And it could be in the down position. It, yeah, they usually are down. You usually you have, have to, to push, push down, down turn them, and then they come up, and then yes. you pump them. Yeah. And then that's how you prime oh. the diesel injection pump on these. Yes. And that's and then it's going to okay. either want to start right up or it's going to be a chore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it could have glow plugs that are bad now. It could. Um, yeah. It could be anything. It could be a broken wire. You're going to have to just do some diagnosing once you start to fire it. But I would wait to see if it fires. You might not right. have to do too much. And Like you said, just Josh okay. said, just pump right. it up. And and there's going to be some sort of fuel cut solenoid on that pump. So there's going to be like a electronic solenoid that makes yeah. the fuel quit flowing on it. So put somebody in the cab, have them turn the key. And usually when you're in the run position, not the start position, that solenoid will move. Yeah. back and forth and you'll physically see it move yeah oh really okay and so this the, the man this pump you're you're speaking of to prime the system mm-hmm. that is a manual yes it is a uh, manual pump, pump. yeah because yes. a lot of the especially okay. the heavy equipment before emissions and everything came in they were designed to not have a lot of electronics on it so they usually always had a manual pump to prime the main diesel pump on it and okay. so sometimes they wouldn't even have a fuel tank lift what we call a lift pump or fuel pump that it would it actually the main pump pulls enough vacuum on it that it pulls all the fuel out of the main tank and into the diesel injection pump and that's okay. why they have so, that primer on there because you're going to start the siphon or the or the prime yourself with that yep and they always yeah, lose it once good. they sit after a few months <laughs> right yeah and if so, this set for it, a long it, time I, if this helps it's in a zuzu i think it said it was a c 240. I guess they're they're used quite quite a bit yes. over in yeah, they were. and Asia yeah. in small trucks and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So everything that I found on YouTube, I mean, where that engine is concerned, everything is uh, seems to be somebody talking about that diesel engine in a truck or a right. uh, something of that that matter. So, okay, um, from what I understand, they're 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 pretty uh, reliable. So in this particular instance, should I, obviously there's no plugs to pull, no. should I uh, pop the injectors, clean those? And I wouldn't do anything. No. I wouldn't do anything. No? I, I would just get it to run and then see what you got from there. Okay. So that's your first thing okay. is just to get it to run. And don't Any do like good at- Go don't ahead. do like a gas motor, you know, where you put a, a squirt of oil in there. Because no. diesel runs by compression. So if you put that oil in right. there, you can damage the motor. Right that way that's you a can. good point okay yeah. okay i did right. understand I'm, I'm i'm learning curve one one last question where all that's concerned so you do not think i should take those injectors off is there an additive that you guys recommend for diesel that would be a good uh something to put in the fuel that would help since it's been sitting so long after a bit get it yeah. to run first right. and then there's some things you can do for that there's bg additives that are for, for diesel the, that I would put in, but I would wait till I get it running first. Exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I appreciate Thank you, sir. All right. Um, Gary, can you hang on after the break? We'll be right back. You're listening to Fix It Radio on Drive, I mean, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Geno's is having a sale on all Napa air, oil, and cabin filters. 
One of the best things you can do for your vehicle is to have the oil changed at your recommended service intervals. Napa high-performance filters can increase power and help with fuel economy. Does your vehicle's air conditioner put out a musty or mildew-like smell? Cabin filter contaminants can cause allergies and compromise airflow volume. Geno's evaporator cleaning and a new Napa cabin filter will take care of that. By replacing your cabin filter, you will be restoring efficiency and clean air in your vehicle. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. We are AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Take care of your car and save on Napa filters. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Genos with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Okay, you're back. You are listening to Drive Radio. 
on KLZ 560. So I just want to remind everybody that I kind of messed up earlier. Um, John's off this week, so Josh is with me from Legacy, and I'm Dennis from formerly from Extreme. So and we got Larry behind the glass, and Charlie's our engineer. So uh, give us a call. We got three lines open, two lines open, three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. And Gary held over the brake, so thank you, Gary. And Gary has a windshield wiper reservoir question. Yeah, I had my car in for an oil change at Midas, and they said that my the reservoir from my windshield wiper fluid was leaking. I think it's probably a crack maybe halfway down because it does hold some fluid, but, you know, if I fill it up all the way, it leaks. And they gave me an estimate to replace it of $300. That seems like an awful high price. Is that reasonable? Well, what kind of car you got? Uh, 2015 Kia Forte Coupe. It sounds about right. Yeah, could be. I mean, we can't be exact, but it sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just thought, you know, it's not a mechanical, electrical, it's just a reservoir, but I guess, what is it? It's just taking, moving everything out of the way that costs? It is, because they kind of tuck it up in that front of the fender, so you have to pull the fender liner and a few other things and then drop it, and then... The part usually isn't cheap on those because everybody builds their own shape bottle so they can all get a gallon in there somehow in some yeah. weird compartment. And sometimes they, okay. they come with the switches and stuff. And the motors on it, yeah. yeah. So All right, I just wanted to check. I appreciate your advice. You bet. Thank you. With that, we have um, three lines open, 303-477-5600, or you can text us. Uh, question if you have one 307 282 22 and uh so this used car deal you're doing mm-hmm. um it's working out pretty good for you it i is. mean you you have financing there you're selling cars we you do. you can do consignment we can do consignment yeah yeah um you don't make a lot of money on consignment but you can help a customer out we do yeah, yeah. but um the good thing is is you can sell your cars yeah, too exactly. that you get that and and people don't understand that, but like if Larry sold a car to you, and then you go to sell the car, you have to put your name on it and then sell it to me. Mm-hmm. If if otherwise it's called, if you took Larry, he sells you a car, and you don't put your name and stuff on it, and you sell it to me, you skip title. Right. If you didn't put your name on it, and so that's illegal. It is. And people don't understand that. And they think, ah, oh, the state will never find out. If they do find out, you're in huge trouble if you own a business. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think they're out there. I've had other guys I know selling, you know, friends selling skip titles. And yeah. a lot of times people will call in and ask if you have the title, you know, and, and yeah. some very interesting questions, right. you know, when you have an ad up on Craigslist that, right. you know, that the normal consumer looking for a car isn't really asking. No. So you, they're out there looking for people trying to skip title. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of process of work that goes through it mm-hmm. um, that you have to do paperwork wise and everything else. We do. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of paperwork with selling a car. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> is. Yeah. And what I used to do is try to get the customer's information and then let them go. Right. And then have them come back in after I had a chance to type it all up and get it all perfectly ready. They can just come in and sign paperwork. Yeah. And luckily we have some software that, that does it pretty quick now. Oh, good. And you had the software. I didn't. And that's that's the main thing. And the main, the biggest part with car sales is the taxes because you pay taxes where... The person buying the car lives, lives. Not, not where the store's at or wherever right. you you purchase the car from. It's where they live. Right. So when you do your 
you know, your sales tax each month, it's, yeah, it, it's pretty hairy sometimes. Yeah, because you have to pay the county, you, you have to pay the state, you have to the pay the city. city. Some, some, some cities, cities have it. And some people don't know that they live in a city or do, are they just outside the right. city and they're in the county. And so you just want to count what I just want to take in what I need to take in, not not over. Yeah, get yeah. too much or too little. Right. Because, you know, you get too much and you return it, or you get too little. And sometimes it's coming out of your pocket. To pay, that's you right. So, and that's a good thing with the software because we always, you know, you always get their address and it can pinpoint right down to their address, whether they're in the city, whether or not, whether. And, you know, we have all the special districts, the RTD yes. and yes. some of these arts districts and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's calculating for all that because it's, I don't know how you do it without the software. I can't imagine what it would be like. With it was hard because yeah. I didn't have the software. Yeah. I don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got Frank from Commerce City calling in. How you doing, Frank? Good. What you got? Um, I was just wondering uh, what your opinion is on taking a new car on a road trip, like driving the interstate. And I might do it. By new car, are you saying like you just bought it and it has a temporary tag? Right. Oh, new, new to you or brand new, like just manufactured? Yeah, brand new car. Yeah, I've, I've done it. There's Many times. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. I mean, you're fine. Okay. Well, there's no uh, problem with the engine break-in. No. No. It used to be that when they would buy a car about 1,000 miles, you had to go back in and have it rechecked Mm -hmm. and oil changed and stuff like that. They don't do that anymore. Um, Okay. The next oil change, what kind of car did you buy? It's a Kia Soul. Yeah. 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 It's probably not going to get an oil change for five or 6,000 miles. Maybe ten. Yeah, yeah maybe ten. Much. Yeah. yeah. So you're fine. Um, okay. And the temp tag, I would just make sure you got you know the same stuff you normally do, the registration and stuff like that. If you have right. a temp tag, you might want to take a lot of that stuff with you. Mm-hmm. But when I what I did, you know, like when I first bought a car, I always kept that stuff in the car. But when I go into a hotel, I would take all that stuff in with me. Right. You okay. Know, keep it with you at all times on yeah, your person. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay? All right, thanks. Enjoy you your road trip. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ron from Franktown. How are you doing, Ron? Good. I've got a question about, uh, it's a Dodge Diesel Cummins 2002. It belongs to my cousin. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got a couple of them also. But uh, his is losing prime. Okay. He, you know, within a day. Um, and... He's gone all through. He's got a fast pump on it, and they've um, under warranty. They gave him a new fast pump, and he's replaced all the, you know, the backflow valves right. that that he knows of. Do you guys know of any? Could it be the injectors? No, not usually. On that, I would look at the fuel filter housing. Um, okay. I don't remember that year or the year before they had the heater in the fuel filter housing, and right. it would melt down and actually put a little pinhole going into the fuel filter housing. So as you're going down the road, it would start to suck air, which usually only meant a little bit of power loss. But as it sat, you would lose prime and have a hard start all the time. Wow. So I would, uh, and it seems like all of them, a lot of times the guys will, on the fuel filter housing, they'll pinch the O-ring at the top or yeah. they'll do something when they install it that, a lot that of times causes just a pinhole leak. And it doesn't take a very big leak, but I usually look at that fuel filter housing. If it's wet at all, I would either pull it apart, make sure the O-rings are good, and if it's, the O-rings are good, replace the fuel filter housing on it. Okay, okay. 
Now, um, is that only the one that has the heater in it, or I've, no. I've seen it in pretty much every no. Cummins out there, yeah. and ad, other diesels too, because okay. that's, that's, yeah, that's not only prone to that one model. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's the only thing he, we haven't looked at really. So. And that's usually where I always start. You know that, or you know, since he's already had the lift pump, fast pump replaced, I would start with the. I always check that fuel filter housing on pretty much every diesel I work on because it's always that's one of the most service parts of the diesel too so it's you know been a part a thousand times so it's also a good chance that somebody servicing or just the fact it's been a part so many times you're going to get a leak in that area now now when you uh is it on top bottom uh any place in particular usually or usually it's it's just covered in fuel so a lot of them they have the top is on the cummins is the cap for the filter because the filter's like a cartridge style that goes in there right not right. a spin on, right. and that's usually the O. If the O rings there, the pinhole can be anywhere, or they could just crack it, and it, you know, and then the whole filter's just covered in fuel. Okay, yeah, I'll have him. I'll have him check that. Uh, we were worried that it might be the the injectors. Uh, those aren't cheap. No, but usually the sometimes you get a hard start from it, but not quite as often on those. They and have different issues. Yeah, they they have a lot of different issues with that. Usually you're going to get codes yeah. on them. Yeah. On the more on the injector side, and it would be a more power situation too. Right. No, it, it yeah. runs fine once you know once we reprime it. He, you know, <clears throat> undoes the um, couple injector, um, you know, the nozzles, and has his wife turn it over, and it'll you know then. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. all too well. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why it sounds more like that. Okay. With the fuel filter. And the lines housing. going in, too. Make sure there's no you know cracks in the lines coming up to the fuel filter. Because they're Got just you. rubber hose usually on them. Yeah. Yeah. That's why sometimes right. it's good to take it off and clean it all up and start all over. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's put in a new VP pump in it. But uh, I don't know whether that could be going out again or not. But it, yeah. It, if losing prime usually isn't on the injector pump side. It's on the oh. lift pump or... You know, whatever fuel filter feed, your fuel filter feed, or whatever it takes to yeah. get to the lift pump. Right. All right, well, we'll we'll check her out. Sounds okay, good. appreciate it. Thank you. All right, bye. All right, with that, we got a line open three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. Mike and Bob, um, if you can hold on after this break, we'll be right back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ five sixty. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. With school carpool season upon us, we wanted to share some tips from the Car Care Council to make sure that your vehicles are kid-safe and road-ready. First, check your lights and wipers for visibility. With the shorter days and less daylight, it's critical to ensure proper visibility. Second, Get your annual brake inspection. Every year you need to ensure that you're checking brake system components for wear and especially the brake fluid. Third, check your tires for underinflation or excessive wear. Fourth, make sure that everybody in the seat is buckled up. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website has some important tips on seatbelt fit and positioning as well as how to install car seats for kids of all sizes. And fifth, consider a backup detection device. Consider having a backup detection device installed that provides rear view video or warning sounds when moving in reverse. 
back to school time is a hectic time for most families, but scheduling a complete vehicle inspection is time well spent. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio It's harvest time for many Colorado produce crops, and you may notice at your neighborhood grocer that as you shop for produce, there are pictures hanging from the ceiling of the Colorado farm families that raise corn, onions, melons, and potatoes. Well, that's cool, but why in the meat department are there no pictures? Well, the majority of branded meat programs are owned by the grocery store. Very few meat plants in the U.S. can trace the meat in the package that you hold in your hand back to the farm where it was raised. At Ranch Fresh Meats, owner Greg Bloom has searched and vetted out the best quality farms and meat programs in the nation. There is no mystery where your meat comes from at ranchfreshmeats.com. And while you're there, sign up for the weekly email so you can get notified of all the weekly specials. Check them out, ranchfreshmeats.com. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical Heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. We got a line open, 303-477-5600. 
Uh, Mike, you're up from Westminster, and thank you for holding. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem at all. Um, I have an 06 Toyota RAV. Mm-hmm. It's got LEDs on the rear, and I don't have the running light on one side. Now, I have the brake light and turn signal separate. Okay. So uh, my assumption is that it's a bad wiring. And it's just one side, and, you don't, and it's just running light. And yep. you just So you just replaced the bulbs that were in it with LED bulbs? No, it's LEDs. It's, it's a LED panel. Oh, full assembly. Okay. Are you talking Does about the panel that goes across the top on the above? No, no, no. This is down, this is on the driver's side. Okay. I mean, if it's working as a as a brake light, it's separate on Toyota. On the on the light panels. Yeah, it should so, be yes. separate on a Toyota. They break them all down separately. So what I would do is pull. So if it's your right rear tail light and it's a running light in there, pull it apart, and there's always a connector right there. And find that wire. Make sure you got voltage for the running light by itself. Yeah, but I'm not a munchkin. My hands are too big to get in there. <laughs> no, it's. But but don't when you take out the tail light, doesn't it kind of pull out a little? It does bit? pull out a bit, a little you, bit. Yeah. You should be able to pull it out, and the wire will come outside the body. Yeah, because there, I was looking at the book, and I got to go through the interior to get to the lights. To yes. The light to to re- yes, you do, and, mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> yes. It is but tight. I, I was under the assumption, since it's a full light panel, that they're the same lights running. They're just higher intensity or higher voltage, whether it's running or brake. Mm. No. No. Yeah, no, it's still... Should, they should use be, a separate light. Yeah, they use a separate circuit. Circuit, yeah, yeah, to do the brake lights. Really? So No wonder it's so expensive to replace it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's a Toyota, so they yeah. always get money for those yeah diodes when they when they use the leds they can't really do it that way like they used to do with a bulb and have one bulb do both mm-hmm. they have the diodes do separate and they'll have a separate yeah but on my bike i've got uh, leds that are um, running and then break and they're the same light th- and just different intensities because hmm. I, I thought they were they'll be the same chip but there's actually two diodes there. Yeah. Okay, well that's what I would. Well, then that would make sense. Yeah, because they, they, you know, yeah. you rate a they rate a diode at lumens, like right. at the, each diode. So it's probably the same chip, which is common because they they build all these LEDs on a chip anymore. Right. And there's but there's technically, if you looked like with a microscope, you'd see there's two, two. different diodes on yes. the same chip, and that's how they do those. You know, like. A lot of diodes now are red, green, blue. They'll change colors. Right, right, and that's right. usually because they actually stack the diodes and change, like light them up separately. Right. Right. Okay. I was hoping it was more something more difficult like wiring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, I'm not, my hands aren't small enough to get into that. Oh, well, that. Yeah, and if you pull the full 10 millimeter nuts that hold it on, then you can get the whole thing back. But you got to go usually into that little cubby to get those nuts off to just get don't drop the nut yeah don't drop the nut because it goes down in the crevice yeah. in the crack down there and it's really hard to get out and then it rattles i don't want to hear it guys <laughs> yeah. i don't want then you'll have a rattle <laughs> yeah. yeah i already i yes i know all righty thank you sir thank you, you all right with that we have two lines open 303-477-5600 anything you got questions about anything with a motor because we were just talking about a forklift so you call it in uh, we'll talk about tractors or anything you got. So we got Bob from Golden. How you doing, Bob? Good morning. Good morning. 
Uh, I just want to follow up a couple of comments. One call you had that was talking, he was talking to Josh about, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, what was it, the Honda. Um, and uh, the and an odyssey, you know, I've got a few years' experience in this business, and now that I'm out of it, I, I can speak a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Josh, anytime, anytime a, somebody like Josh gets, has a dealership in this crazy world of cars that we've got now where it's almost impossible for a dealer to find good inventory without paying through the nose. Um, when somebody is looking for something like an Odyssey, it's a good example of why, you know, all cars aren't available to brokers. Right. Um, Odysseys have had an issue with the transmissions. That are, and I don't know, Josh, you know far better than I do on this, but the predictability of that is really tough. So, mm-hmm. so if, Josh, if Josh's company goes out and finds an Odyssey, um, and they have to bring it in from out of state or out of town, uh, depending on what kind, of, how they're buying it, what kind of guarantee they get with it, um, it's a, you know, they're they're shooting an expensive uh, uh, test shot because they don't know 100% normally whether or not that uh, car is ready for sale. Which sometimes they're going to be told, and sometimes that isn't what happens. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, yeah, whatever. So I'm just. I mean, and the other, like I say, the Odyssey trans, the transmission issues on those has been something. And if I recall correctly, on the Odysseys, Josh, I, if I recall there was never an all-wheel drive version on the Odyssey. No, I could be off on that. No, there never was. Everybody gets confused because the Sienna, the Toyota, has an all-wheel drive. Right. And that's why they right. always get Honda and Toyota confused. But there never was an all-wheel drive Odyssey. And that, as a dealer, that's an issue because if you, you know, going into the, let's assume we're going into fall or winter, and uh, somebody wants an Odyssey, but they're thinking that it's all-wheel drive, and they forgot that they didn't happen to tell anybody when they were talking to the broker about finding one. So, I mean, bottom line is, uh, what the what the customers have, what the buyers have to remember is that number one, it's a very unusual market for mm-hmm. whether a new car dealer, used car dealer, broker, whatever you want to call. It, that's that's an issue that's unique in this history, and again, I've got thirty plus years experience. So I speak a little bit, a little bit of knowledge with it, and uh, it's it's tough. And the more information and the more time that you can give that person who's looking for that spe- special car for you, uh, the better off everybody is. So it's just kind of food for thought. Thank you. Yeah, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah, I know. Well, you have a lot of years yeah. under your belt on that, don't you? Yeah. Well, you know, I've I sold over three thousand vehicles, and ninety percent of those were to dealer dealers in four states. Um, so, you know, I've and I, I just uh, been there, done that. So, but it's, this this is a good show this morning, guys. I mean, uh, you've got a lot of calls and a lot of variety. I've enjoyed listening to it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate I always, that. As I always do. All right. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you. You guys take care. Thank you, you too. very much. Bye. All right. With that, we have three lines open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio. Please, uh, if you have anything to talk about, anything, no questions too too crazy for us right now. So just bring it on. Um, give Larry something to do. He's just sitting there now <laughs> staring at me. Makes me nervous. <laughs> no. So uh, when did you take this on, This uh, the used cars? We got. I got my license April Fool's Day. Oh, did you really? Yeah. So I started at oh. the beginning of the year. Uh huh. And so usually, if you want to become an auto dealer, there's organizations, and you take a class. So you learn. Right. You learn the test. Yes. So I was like, well, if I can pass the test, then I'll 
yeah. know. If I fail the test, then I know what to do. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's really yeah. easy. Yeah. So I went, and of course I passed the test. And, yeah. And then, you know, the mountain of paperwork you, you make and yeah. send into them. And, and then April Fool's Day, we finally got the license. So. And, and, you know, it used to be that we would go and get the, the stickers. We'd have to go buy the plates, mm-hmm. the temporary tags, the happy tags, they're called. And we'd go buy, a, you know, like 25 or 50 of them and then get all this other paperwork and you had to handwrite it all out. Now you go online and you just type it in and it prints it out really nice and it goes in the, the sleeve, you know, in the back. Um, it used to be if you put them on the back, people would steal them. Right. You had to put it in the back window. Um, at least that's what I recommended because otherwise they'd steal them and then they redo them. Well, you can't redo these. You can't, no, because they print out, and then we buy these fancy covers that we have to get. From the state. From the state. Yes. And then you, you know, put it in, you fold it down, so it seals it in. It's tape, basically. It is tape, yeah. And now they have the VIN number on it. So if you steal it, you know. It doesn't do any good. It doesn't do any good. And you can't rewrite on it. You can't rewrite it. You can't do anything. It's printed on there, and that's it. Yeah. And then, uh, but they did it, I guess, because all the toll roads we have, they were losing revenue because they they never would chase down those, you know, goofy handwritten ones. And yeah, too hard to. It's too hard to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now they have the, yeah. All, the, all the coding on it, because I'm sure the way that mm-hmm. the blocks are printed, the cameras can read it, you know, like a QR code. Right. So that when you go through, they pick those it cameras up. pick it up right away, and yeah. they know exactly what's going on. Yeah, and if you've ever been down there, I did it once, a tour once. It's pretty cool how they can pick all that up. They can zero in on that. Find out exactly what it is and send you a bill. Yeah, <laughs> it is amazing that little window sticker I have. You know, they know yeah. exactly when I yeah, go into that Yeah, it's just a little tiny light. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's easy to get on that. Yeah, so I do it for all my. I don't do it for the dealer cars because they don't last that long. But we have a bunch of loaner cars. Yeah, and I got tired of love letters from. Yeah, from them from when everybody drives my cars on the yeah the I toll roads. I set up an account. So, well, okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and take a break? Um, we have three lines open before we go, 303-477-5600. Give us a call. Any questions you got about automotive or anything about an engine. So uh, you're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard to find part for an out of the ordinary car can be quite a time consuming chore. 
Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679, and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560-303-477-5600. To call in nine, um, we have Dan Muir calling in. Let's. What's he got going on? How you doing, Dan? Dennis, Josh, good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, I'm enjoying the show. You guys are doing a fabulous job as always. And uh, so, okay, so you know I've got this Mazda CX-9. Josh has worked on it before. I've had it over to Extreme before and... And now I live in Minnesota, you know, God's country, because he's the only one that'll have it. But um, so I've got this code that's intermittent, and I've never had that happen before with a check engine light where it'll come on for a while, then it comes off for a while. And it's a, um, hold on, I'm going to read it to you. Hang on one second. So it is, it is the P0421 code. And it has something to do with, uh, I don't know if you guys can look that up, but it has something to do with a catalytic. Converter efficiency. The, yeah. Yeah. What year is so, that? But it's 2016. How many miles do you have on it now? <laughs> 226,000. <000. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably needs yeah, a catalytic the converter. Yeah, the beginning of your cat's uh, starting to die on it. Yeah. Oh, you mean you mean they don't last forever? No, because they, they, they only plate so much rhodium and platinum onto the grid because it's very expensive. So eventually it actually just wears off because of basically erosion. Yeah. Oh, great. And so, yeah. So I, wonder what, I wonder what that's going to set me back. <sighs> I think it's a catapult on that one. So it's, yeah, save up for that one. <laughs> oh boy! Thanks. Sorry. Sorry. Another mortgage, sell a kid. Yeah, you know, refinance stuff, right? the house. You can sell a kidney. Sell a kidney. Yeah. So, are you living yeah. in Minnesota now? Yeah. Oh yep. wow! I'm up in. Uh, I'm just north. I don't know if you guys know where St. Cloud, Minnesota is, but I'm mm-hmm. just north of St. Cloud, Minnesota. So, okay. heading on down to the Twin Cities to go do my Uber and Lyft thing. Nice. Okay. So 
yeah, listen to you guys every weekend, and and uh, you know, of course, listen to John throughout the week. But it's uh, it's good. It's good listening to. You. It's great talking to you guys. Yeah, it's good to hear from you. So, but yeah, so but so, how long do you think a Mazda CX nine will last? As long as you no, want it to. Yeah. The way you, you service it, you know, three fifty more. Yeah, yeah, as long because you do oh, everything good. on it and yeah. do it on time, and you run yeah. all the BG. So if you don't make it three fifty, I'll be surprised. Yeah. Well, the transmission did conk out at two hundred thousand, so I had to get that replaced at two hundred thousand. And um, now I've now I've got the uh, the transfer case is leaking, so I'm tra- swapping that out on Monday. Okay. And then I've got a ball joint going out that I'm swapping out on Monday too, or getting fixed. Yeah, that's. Um, but it's um, but you know that just comes with age. You know, it's none yeah. of these things are like, oh, I should have never bought that car. Are you kidding no. me? I mean, I bought this thing two years ago with seventeen thousand miles on it. <laughs> Wow, you put a lot and of you miles drive on everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so this it's. I think I think all in all, if you you know for the kind of beating it gets, because I drive it, you know, two thousand to twenty five hundred miles a week. Yeah, right. And you know, a stop and go and stuff like that. I guess I wasn't. I was disappointed when the transmission went out, but it was like it wasn't designed for that. No, it you know, wasn't. It's not designed for that constant beating, summer heat, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you know, we did service it once. At once, I think that's how we got the. The longevity out of it, mm-hmm. um, but you know, such as life, it happens, right? Yep. Yeah. These are mechanical. These are mechanical things, and they do wear out. That's right. But when you guys are talking about the value, you know, when you have somebody like me that does have a lot of miles on a car and does try to do the all the preventatives, and and you know, something starts to make a noise, you get looked at right away or whatever. There is that value there for that car, right? There is, you know, and it's. Yep. And it's just like it's really too bad that it can't be recognized other places. I know why they don't do it, but man, if somebody were to smack into me today, I have a hard time finding something to replace this car as in as good a shape as it is. Right, right. you would. Right. That's so, our point. Uh, yep. Yeah. No, that's it's a great point. It's a great subject. So. Okay, right, guys. Well, hey, great talking to you guys. Yep. And hey, Josh, I'm up to uh, ten hours in that 182 RG now. Nice. It's not a TRG. So, it's just an RG. Yeah, it's just a it's just a 182 RG, and it's got you know just a standard 235 horse. I still don't like carbureted engines. <laughs> I don't like I don't like pulling the car. You don't like pulling carb heat all the time. Yeah. No, and then the darn thing runs rough because you got the carb heat on. You know, because my Mooney was always fuel injected, and you didn't have to mess with all that. And, uh, but the, air, the airplane's really nice. It's really nice to fly. And I've got the, you know, it's got the Garmin 750, which you said you were putting in one of your airplanes? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you're going to love that. That that thing is so sweet. Yeah, we got it takes that. takes all the work out of it. And a little G5 to go right in front of us for for everything. Nice. So, yeah, it'll be nice. Nice. Yeah, that's years gonna be, from now when I get done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to love it. So, all right, guys. Hey, great show, and uh, you guys take care. Thank okay, you. take care. All right, with that, we got a line open, 303-477-5600. Let's go to Steve from Elizabeth. How are you doing, Steve? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call. You um, bet. Yeah, this is my tie-in to the last guy. He just said he hates carbureted engines. Uh, <laughs> this is a carburetor question. <laughs> um, a lot a lot smaller scale than the airplanes, though. Um I'm, I'm looking at all my little, uh, you know, lawnmower, snowblower, wood chipper, you know, lawn tractors, all those uh, carbureted four-stroke engines. And um, Dennis, I think I, I'm out kind of where you live, out in the Elizabeth area, and I'm at about 6,800 feet. Uh-huh. And it seems like all all those little motors run rich to me. 
and I, I've been thinking, do I need to rejet them at, at this altitude, or is, is that something you do? Because um, I, I imagine you're similar altitude, um, but they all kind of um, start up or even run with a little black smoke. Um, and I'm just wondering if, if that's what's going on and, and it's something I should do to them. Not really. I mean, most of these little carburetors, there is actually a way to adjust them. There's, there's a needle and seat on every carburetor. Uh, people don't realize that. Yeah. I mean, even on a chainsaw. I mean, you can, you can lean them down a little bit, and that does help. Um, but also the type of fuel you're putting in. Uh, I don't know what you're putting in. Um, out there, we don't in, have uh, the, the, the stuff they have in town. We have a little bit better gas out that way a little bit. So... I mean, yeah, I run the ethanol free. You know, there's a few pumps around town that I right. I get the ethanol free in, and I, I run that in all the small motors. Yes, but you're um, saying I can actually adjust the jetting um, without changing the actual uh, needle. You're just yeah, you're just leaning it down a little bit. Um, you know, like there's there's a needle and seat. There's a fuel adjustment. The mixture screw. Yeah, yeah, the mixture screw. It's real simple. It's like a pocket screwdriver, and you just turn it in a little bit. And see what it does. Um, and oh, it should, cool. Yeah, uh, it's very simple. Do, that with, do you do that with your motors at this altitude? Um, some of them. I mean, I just make sure they run. So I'm probably always adjusting something because I clean them a lot. You know, um, I go through them a okay. lot. Okay. Um, I never throw anything away, kind of. <laughs> I fix everything. Because a lot of people bring me their mowers and stuff and says, hey, this is not running right. And I'll find out it's all gummed up because... When you when you go to put it away, don't put it away half full. Mm-hmm. Fill it all the way, and then uh, and, and just okay. before you get it all the way, put some. I put in um, uh, what's it called? Um, standardized the stabilizer. Stabilizer. Or, right. Yeah, I put a little yeah. bit of stabilizer on each one, sure. or else I drain it completely. Right. Yeah, you got to either have it full or have it completely empty. Yeah. And always that air cleaner. I yeah. They're always super dirty. You mow your yard once and it seems like that. Yeah, especially out in the country, the dust, dust is something yeah. terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to always constantly out, change that. shake them out. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I okay, mean, that's all well, I do to them. And then make sure I change the oil. Mm-hmm. Um, I do an oil change on everything um, every two years because <laughs> yeah. I don't mow it that much. Right. My my Ford tractor, I just did that, and, and I think um, – uh, the last I did it two years ago, but I don't mow. But you know, last year I think I mowed twice because it was so dry, and this year I mowed uh, a little bit more. I I did some other people's property this time, so I I made sure I changed the oil before I did all that work, and I'll probably change it at the end of the year here. Yeah, yeah. I know. Sometimes it seems silly to be changing the oil, you know, every year or whatever when you barely ran the thing. So yeah, I've I've skipped a year here and there too. Yeah, because like my wife, she's not big on rotor tilling. Um, she's on this. It's a I guess no till, the, the yeah. no till. Yeah. yeah, it's a big thing about no till, and uh, you know. So we I haven't used my rotor tiller for three four years now. Um, I used it once and she had a fit. <laughs> so anyway, um, that That's one good for you, I guess. But. Yeah, yeah, it's easier, but I still have this rotor tiller that we don't use now. <laughs> yeah, so. So I don't know what's happening to that. But, you know, if you don't change your oils, too, it's important to change the oil on these tractors and, and these things, too, because they'll run rich, and then that fuel gets in the oil, and then it'll run richer. So make sure you're changing oil on them, too, if they're running yeah, rich. Yeah, it contaminates so, that oil. Yeah. It does. It does. 
Yeah. But but they, I mean, you need to care on them just like you do an engine in a car. So, all right. Yeah, for sure. Now, I I, I was curious though. Um, I was reading some of the owners' manuals on these, and they they specifically talk about a different needle valve for altitude. You know, if, even some of them say if you're above forty five hundred feet, um, you should go to this high altitude needle valve. And you're, you're telling me I don't I don't need to mess with that. No, for the um, adjustment screw for the yeah. mixture and try that first. Try it okay, first okay. and see. Give me a call back if it right, doesn't work. All right? Okay, I'll give that a shot. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Thanks. Um, right, with bye. that, um, we're going to take a break. So, um, Patrick, hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.